Hello everybody, I'm Nina T and this is Kid Like Faith. On this episode, we're gathering some gems and I'm excited to say that we're going to go on a God-like journey. We're going to reach the man who went from zero to hero and we're going to see if he can teach us on what it takes to be a true hero. I want us to get ourselves prepared because we're going to go the distance. Here are your faith gems in Disney's Hercules. I want to start how we always start. Let's start at the beginning. Now, in the beginning of the story, we see a narrator, right? And he's coming to tell us the story of what a true hero is. And he's making this intro and it seems so long and bland and boring. Um, And then we hear from the muses. They introduce themselves because they are upset that the narrator is narrating this story as a Greek tragedy. Um, And it's ironic (laughs) because of the depth of the story. But uh, we learned that the muses have such a beautiful musical way of declaring um, what has happened in Hercules' life. Everything that they do to narrate his story, right, from the beginning to the end, uh, is such a beautiful representation of who he became, where he came from, and even the deep parts of his story, the sad parts, they are able to create and make you feel the emotion of the moment. And the happy moments you're able to celebrate because you hear it in the way that they present it. So while we want to sometimes unnecessarily present our own story in a certain way, we also have to be open to see what the perspective is with the people around us, because there are some people that are going to be able to testify to our deliverance. They'll be able to show our story and they'll be able to declare in a way that we probably would not declare ourselves. So they begin to tell us the story about how Hercules even was formed. Well, before Hercules was formed, um, they tell them about how Everything was new. Everything was created. Um, And when everything was created, there were these things called Titans that were created to technically be uh, the things that we see as natural disasters, right? They naturally existed as disaster. And so what ended up happening was as they were free to destroy, they ended up being so destructive 
that they couldn't exist peacefully. Everything was a mess and they just left everything horrible. So when Zeus came on the scene, Zeus came to bring order. Zeus came to lock them up so that they weren't able to destroy the world that had been created. And he tamed them in a way that was easy. It was easy for everything else to function the way it was supposed to function and they could exist in the world. But the Titans, unfortunately, because of their destructive nature, had to be trapped. And I think sometimes in our life, we don't want to admit that there are things that we have invited and let them naturally be destructive. Um, and we in- allow them to destroy the world that has been created for us. But somebody has to have, and the father is normally the one that makes this decision. He is normally the one that takes on the responsibility of trapping those things that naturally try to destroy our places of purpose, promise, and even the place that he has created for us to thrive. So as that happens, right, of course, everybody's not happy because it would not be a story if everything went according to plan. But after he does that and Zeus does that, him and his wife conceive a child and they conceive a beautiful boy named Hercules who is strong. He has his father's godlike strength. Um, he has his mother's beauty um, and he is just a handsome guy, right? Young man, little baby. Um, he is gifted with Pegasus, who is the horse, right? And all things seem well. But at the presentation, at this shower, at this um, little gift-giving party at his arrival, we meet Hades. And Hades comes in because he's technically a part of the godlike trio. Um, he's a th- he's technically a part of that. Um, he's just on the dark side. He's on the underworld side of it. And so while it's, you know, mythology and we don't technically believe in that we do know that in scripture satan before he was uh what he is now you know he was lucifer um and he was very much an angel of light he was very much a part of the existence of god's heaven right and he brought such a beautiful sound and light to heaven he ended up getting drunk off of his own stuff, right? He ended up getting high off his own supply. That sounds so crazy, but no, he really looked at himself, found in himself something that was bigger than God. He thought that technically because he was a created being and God had made him so beautiful and so musical and so much light that he could stand to compare with the only true and living God, the one that needed no creator, the one that existed before time and space. And and he should be submitting to God, but he finds himself in a place where he says, I'm going to be God. Well, because God has no rivals, you're not going to be able to stay in the same space where he is and declare that you're coming against his throne. This is not how this works. So he gets casted out along with the third of heaven or a third of the angels that he recruited to work with him, right? To take down and and seize the throne of God, which was utterly impossible. And because he chose that life, he no longer gets the same access that he had before. In the same way, Hades was kicked out, was uh, given the 
assignment of the underworld, which is a whole nother space, right? It is a whole, in the, especially in the movie, it's a whole nother space and where these dead souls go and he is over and ruling the dead. And just like Hades, because he is doomed, because Satan is doomed to an existence in hell, he wants to drag as many souls as he can with him. He desires that you miss out on all this beautiful, uh, grand place that God has prepared for us after we leave this earth. And he desires that we would succumb to a life that is minimal, um, a, a life of no hope, a life of just living the bare minimum. And then after this is over, we don't have anything to show for it, right? Because we never accepted not only Jesus and his sacrifice, but we never even accepted God's plan for our life, the the will that he had that he wanted us to accomplish. And so his desire is to keep us in a place of constant turmoil in this life and in the next. So what is our, how can we rise above that, right? How do we do that? How do we choose that? Now, in this story, I found something very interesting um, when it came down to the fates, right? The fates are three creatures, right? And they are creatures that some have spaces for two eyes, but they only use one eye. They all use the same eye to tell the past, present, and future. Now, the fates, they know everything because they've seen everything, right? They know and they have an agenda, right? They they are very clear about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. And I believe, I believe not only that there is a purpose and a plan for our lives, but I do believe that God set it in motion, that there is a insight <laughs> that we can tap into, I believe that technically for us, Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. And so he is the one who is able to give us that vision from that eye. He can illuminate the things that happened in our past and he can illuminate the things, um, the, the goals for the present, but he can also illuminate what's going to happen in the future. Remember the faith for the future. When she announced that she was future, she said indoor plumbing, it's going to be big. And it was a t- and it was a little comical thing, but it was just to show that she had vision for the future, right? She could see what was what was coming up ahead, right? And so instead of us getting caught up in the day-to-day, instead of us getting caught up in this world of disappointment, and instead of us getting caught up in the shame and the 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 uh fear of the past and even the uncertainty of what's going on in our present currently in pandemic, what we must choose to do is to look towards the future. Use the eye, use the insight, use the gift of Holy Spirit as our insight into the future. Why? Because if you know what's in the future, you know how to prepare for it. How do we know that? Because when Hades was asking them about the future, they begin to tell him, even about his future. They begin to tell him about how they knew he had a plan. He had a plot to unleash the Titans and to destroy the world and overthrow Zeus. When they told him that, he got excited because he saw himself in the future. But what he did not see, which what is what we should see, is that there was not only him in the future, 
but there was an Hercules in the future. And Hercules was the one that was going to put a stop to all of the destruction and the overthrow that um, Hades had planned to get through, right? He was going to be the one. Hercules is going to be the one that they said, if he fights, you will fail. It is not a guess. It is not a prediction. This is certain that if he goes to fight in any capacity, you lose. Now, here's the good part for us. We need to realize that sometimes we can just rest in the fact that we have already been promised victory. It does not matter what is going on right now in the present. What has been shown to us at the end of this is that we get victory. By the way, if you are in the middle of a trouble or a trial or tribulation and you don't see the way out, all you need to continually do is consistently see the word and consistently move forward and move through it. If you can move through it, you will see the end of it. The Bible tells us that I've said this many times, all things work together. If those things aren't working, they can't work together. So there has to be good, there has to be bad, and they have to work together in order for us to see all that God planned for us. Because he has planned a purposeful life. He has planned a beautiful life, but it is also inclusive of suffering and trouble and trial and tribulation. But all of those things are not going to cancel out the victory that has been prescribed to us. It has already been settled. When we get that it is settled, we stop fighting needless fights. We only fight the fights that help us see the victory that we plan. So what Hades does, because Hades is a planner, what he what he knows is that there is no way to kill a god. But the only way that you would do that or in this in this story, he can do it is to create and make and transform him to human. He feels that transforming Hercules will make him susceptible to death, which allows him to be X'd out of the plan so that Hades has no rivals. Of course, he enlists the help of his two sidekicks, Panic and Pain. I want to bring out here that one of the biggest tools of hell and one of the biggest tools of our adversary, the devil, is not, uh, it's not even confusion. It's not even all of those things. All of those things we like to believe he's setting up against us. He really does not care about your coworkers. Let's just be clear. Let's just, let's just lay that out on the table. He's really not really caring about your co-workers being mad at you. He really doesn't care. What he tries to do, though, is he uses pain and he uses panic to knock us out of the places of purpose. What he decides to do is send pain to steal joy. And then when he sends pain to steal our joy, he'll send panic so that we never arrive to the place of peace. If he can keep us in panic and if he can keep us in pain, he knows we will consistently be robbed of the joy and robbed of the place in God that we are always supposed to have. Now, here's what happens. Panic and pain go to uh, do their assignment and it seems like they're going. it's going well. They give Hercules a solution, but the goal and the instruction was that he must drink until the last drop. 
Well, of course, because panic and pain don't get things accomplished correctly. They don't do it until the last drop. But what ends up happening is the purpose ends up finding Hercules and scaring panic and pain, which makes them drop the solution and loot and waste the last drop. And because they did not follow the complete instructions, all deals are off. And so now not only when they try to disguise themselves as snakes and um, not only hurt the uh, old man and his wife and as well as uh, Hercules, Hercules strength comes forth and we see a baby wear out these two snakes. Okay. <laughs> because he had not been completely transformed human. I want to encourage you that no matter what the enemy tries, no matter what pain he sends to you, no matter what panic he tries to force you into, he is not able to stomp out your strength. The joy of the Lord is what the word says is our strength. And so if we continually um, show up for joy, we will never be devoid of strength. We will never, ever, ever find ourselves in a place where we lack strength. And so what ends up happening is um, the older couple who had been praying for a child take Hercules in and decide to raise him. And so because Zeus cannot have a child, human child, in the place where they are only gods. He has to watch his child be um, raised by someone else. He has to watch these two adults pretend as if they gave birth to him, right? Pretend that um, they, they always had him and that this, he was always a part of their life and always a part of their existence, knowing good and well that what he created was godlike. It had human tendencies, but it was godlike. Fast forward some years because later on we see um, that Hercules grows up and he's a scrawny little kid, but he's still strong. He still has the power that was given to him. He still has the strength. And we see it because our introduction into the temple or into uh, the place of the marketry uh, where they're trying to sell stuff, right? Um, we see him <laughs> driving technically this little cart with his adoptive father as well as the um, horse that or, you know, the animal that had injured itself. And he is literally driving this thing on his foot power. And he's he's so strong, right? He's able to do so many things, but he's not been taught how to manage it. Why? Because the father never had the adoptive father never had the access to the strength that Hercules had. So he can't teach him how to manage strength that he doesn't have experience with. And so up until this or up until now, he's just been existing as an awkward teenage boy with strength that he can't control. It looks like when he goes to throw something, he throws it out of whack and, and messes up a whole temple. It looks like when he wants to be a part of a team, they can't afford to have him a part of the team because they know one trip and it's going to mess up the whole game. Uh, it, it'll mess up the whole existence. Like they don't want any parts of that. Right. And so what we have to know is that in this world, 
we who have the strength of the Lord, who have the call of the Lord, who are technically made in the image of God, because back in Genesis, the command was that he was going to make man in his image. So since we are in the DNA of a God-like dynasty, or we are created in the way that God himself formed us to look like him, to mirror him, we're not ever going to be able to completely fit in, especially when we start realizing the strength that's on the inside of us. When we realize that there's untapped potential, untapped strength, and we go to exercise it, what it's going to do is tend to knock everything else normal off kilter because we have not been called to fit in. And the more we try to fit in, the more we stand out. The more we push ourselves into the background, the more that we knock ourselves forward. And it's normally a horrible knock forward because we are not supposed to fit in. We are born to stand out. Now, after all of this, we see Hercules is very upset because he knows he's different and he knows he doesn't belong. But it's just like he's like, I just I just want to be comfortable. And he starts singing Go the Distance, which is probably one of my favorite songs. Um, And he sings it because he dreams of this place where he can just be himself and be accepted. He dreams of this place where who he is is celebrated and it's a far off place. It's nowhere near the place where he currently exists, where people want him thrown out of town and people can't get with him, and he can't even play a game of Frisbee because no one wants to accept him. But he believes that there's a place waiting for him. And he says, I know every mile will be worth my while. I will go most anywhere to feel like I belong. He's trying to find a place. And no matter what it takes for him to get to this place, He knows that there's a place for him. He just doesn't know how to get there. And he knows that whatever he has to do, it'll be worth it just to get to this place, right? For us, if we could just deny the fact that we are rejected and embrace the fact that we are loved and approved, we could possibly find ourselves in that place. We could possibly find ourselves moving forward um, and not possibly, we could find ourselves moving forward into places of promise, but because we tend to focus on the fact that we are hurt and would nobody accept us and, and this one we wanted said no and we wanted to be with them and they didn't want to be with us and all of these things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of life um when we focus how to on how to love in the right direction we kind of get that there's it may not be this place but there is a place for me and whatever I have to do to get to that place I'll get to that place because there is acceptance I'm not looking for acceptance here because I can't fit in here I'm not going to force myself here I'm just going to go and see what it takes to get to the place where I belong now this song prompts the father, the adoptive father and his wife to tell uh, Hercules about how they got him, that he was not their birth child, that he was a child they happened upon and um, they found him and raised him as their own. But he was found after their prayers to have a child. Um, And he, you know, asked them like, you know, what happened? Like, how did you find me? And they say, well, around your neck was a pendant. And it said, the God's name on it. It says Zeus. And the pendant we know was given by the father, right? To mark him as his son. 
just as the call on our life, just as the gifts and the talents and those things that God has invested in us are markers to who we belong to, the love that God placed on the inside of us and his fruit that that he, you know, ripens the fruit of the spirit. Those things are on us. And when they're on us, they're on us to mark us as his. Right. And so when they happen upon him, they find him with the thing and they figure um, that this metal is a gift. Like this is just showing me that God answers prayers, that the gods in their story answer prayers. But for us, God answers prayer because I found uh, or I happened upon this person and this uh, this little thing that I've always prayed for. They're, they show up as the answer to the problems I've been having. I've been trying to figure out how to have a child. We at men are stop. We can't have no kids anymore. And then all of a sudden, after years of praying, show up on the on the uh, mountain and I find what? Hercules, a baby. I find a baby, which is the answer to the thing I've been praying for. So we need to stop asking necessarily why you chose me, but we need to start thanking God that he has placed his seal on us. We need to thank God that he has made us the answer. We need to thank God, not necessarily for the trials and tribulations, even though the Bible tells us in everything, give thanks. Um, We need to thank God because it's not always happy. You're not always happy for everything, but in everything, you can give him thanks, right? You can thank him that, you know, although my life has not been an easy life, I thank you, Lord, that you have kept me through this life. I thank you, Lord, that what others have died from, I'm able to survive in. I'm I'm making it. I'm surviving. I'm thriving in things that killed other people. And so the seal on me is survival. I survived the enemy's worst attack upon me. So, that he tells them the truth about where he's come from. And uh, it's hilarious that Hercules says, oh, I need to go figure out where, where Zeus is. If I can find Zeus because I had the seal on me, he'll be able, if I go to the temple where the gods are and pray, I'll be able to find out who I am. I'll be able to find clarity about this place that I want to belong in. He gets to the temple. He starts praying to the statue of Zeus. And guess what happens? Zeus comes alive. Now, for us, of course, again, we don't believe in necessarily Greek mythology. But we do believe that when we pray to our Father, to our Lord, to our God, to the only true and living God, when we pray to him, he responds. He is not a God that is and and stays a statue and we don't pray to a statue that that is mute but we pray to a God that responds and when God responds he responds with answers what ends up happening is it frightens him at first it frightens Hercules that this statue comes alive but really what it is is it's coming alive to give him the answers that he had always wanted and so when Zeus comes he tells him the truth about what happened he was stolen from the um, place of Olympus all the gods live and he was turned mortal and because he was turned mortal he cannot live there but the only way that he'll be able to um be with him is that he must prove himself a true hero and hercules asks the best question that he needed to ask in that moment and he says well how do i become a true hero how do i retain my godlike strength how do i become a true hero And the answer that Zeus gives him is brilliant. He says, seek the trainer, Philoctetes, which who we call Phil, right? 
and he is the trainer of heroes. I I think it's hilarious that he didn't say uh, what you got to do is uh, you got to spend a lot of time in this temple. You got to spend a lot of time doing uh, all of the things in the temple. And if you stay in the temple, you'll become godlike because you'll be close to the gods. That's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. And unfortunately, we have been told by certain people, by certain uh influential leaders, right? That the more that we stay in a building, the more time we invest in a building, the more time that we spend uh, exerting energy in a building, that we will become what we're supposed to become. But that's not how this works. You need to seek the teacher. And in, in the moment that the student is ready, the teacher will be available, right? You'll be directed to the teacher when the student chooses to become ready. And in this moment, Hercules is ready. He wants to become a, he wants to become a God again. He wants to uh, be able to live with his father. He wants to be reunited. And so he's willing to do again, whatever it takes. He's willing to go the distance. And so he is gifted with Pegasus, which was his gift first, right? He was given Pegasus as a baby, but he's also given um, Pegasus as this teenager going to find Phil, going to find Phil. Now, I found it funny that um, he said he was a horse. Pegasus was a horse, but he had the bird brain. Um, that's very interesting. He That means he didn't, he wasn't developed. <laughs> he wasn't developed. And so sometimes there are things that are sent to us and they feel one purpose, but we're not supposed to technically lean on them for anything else. Remember we were talking back when we talked about Aladdin that um, Abu became the transportation into purpose. Well, Pegasus was the same thing. Although he was given to him as a gift to be a, a, a buddy and a pal and all of those things, he wasn't that in, in this stage. He was just able to take Hercules from here to there. He had wings. He was a horse with wings. So he was a different kind of horse. So he was able to transport between the two different realms. He was able to transport him from the different place and they could get there quicker. So what would normally take him probably a, a couple days trip took him a, a matter of minutes to find Phil um, because he was riding on the right horse. And we have to allow God to teach us or show us what is the right vehicle. Who do I need to depend on? in this moment that can get me there faster who is the the horse who is the the vehicle who are you helping or asking me to trust to transport me from this place to the next place especially when we're looking for a teacher because uh this place is a different place teachers are different kind of people they they can either be super enthusiastic and in sometimes they can be super frustrated. See, when you are a teacher, you thrive on seeing your students become the lesson that you taught. You thrive on the fact that let's take this naturally. When I if I teach math, right? I'm excited when somebody or a student of mine is able to not only become a mathematician, but I'm excited when they use the tools I give them and they expand upon it, right? They pass the grade, they pass the test, right? Well, in this instance, the trainer is frustrated because all of the heroes before now have taken the class, they've shown up, they've, they've, 
got all of his instruction, but they have not become the hero that he dreamed they would become. And in in the, the life of the teacher, those those realities are true, that there have been times where, you know, I'm speaking to people who have invested a lot in helping other people and teaching and trying to train and show them that they could be more than what they believe. Um, but they're only limited to what they believe. Unfortunately, it's sad when you have to watch something that you've built from the ground up succumb to a small uh, distraction and become nothing. So you've been trained to be a hero, Achilles. You've been trained to be a great warrior and you have the goods, you have it all, but a heel-like problem knocks you out of the running and it completely destroys all the dreams and goals that Phil has from you. Well, by this time, when he meets Hercules, not only does Hercules not look the part, but he is over and done with the dreams of being a hero. He is tired of being tired. What do we call that? Retired. He is tired again, okay? (laughs) He is over being tired. He's sick of it. He's tired of signing himself up to invest in these people and they only do anything to let him down. I want to speak and encourage those to those people, or I want to speak an encouraging word to those people who have seen disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, after you have invested all you had, after you have poured all you had, and you've done just pulling and pushing and trying to get people to become more than they are. Their inability to become has nothing to do with whether your lesson was adequate enough. It has absolutely nothing to do with if you are a good enough teacher. Sometimes, unfortunately, you can teach something to someone and they not be able to grasp or become what you taught. Speak, for instance, about if I'm teaching math again, right? What I do in order to make sure that you know how to do this is I ask you to show your work because I want to see the the point in how you got from A to Z. I need to make sure that all of the steps line up, all of the things are in place because if you don't get to Z, a good teacher is able to point out, oh, okay, you messed up here and that's why you didn't get the right result. And for Phil, he was tired of analyzing. He was like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I can, I could just not be a teacher. Okay. Put myself on this island. Enjoy this little space that I have created for me and be alone. Because he was tired of the frustrating back and forth of not seeing people rise. But here comes Hercules. And Hercules is actually the one he's been waiting for. But because he doesn't look like the dream, he almost misses it. And he wants to tell him no, but a blast from Zeus knocks him in the right direction. (laughs) And sometimes your teachers are going to need a blast. They're going to need to, they're going to need for you to show a sign that you have some strength that they haven't seen before. They need to see um, hope again. And if we show up the way that we're supposed to show up, the teachers are encouraged that this is different. This one is going to be able to grasp what I'm trying to teach. And, and in this instance, Phil says, you're my one last hope. Like, this is it. If it doesn't work this time, it's not going to work. It's, it's just not going to work. And so he decides to commit Hercules to training. 
Again, he makes him show his work. He doesn't let him just coast off the fact that he has this uncanny strength from somewhere, but he has to be able to yield it and wield it in a way that it's able to work for him and not against him. Now, Hercules rises in training. He comes up and we see his his growth. We see him absolutely not being able to throw any darts anywhere. And then we see him like knocking out the last obstacle and just like completely smashing it. And so while we tend to get frustrated with the process, we have to understand that our teacher is there to make sure that we realize the rules of how we to how we are supposed to become. He see the whole time Phil was singing, he he was letting him know like there are rules to this. There's there's a way you have to do this. There's a there's an agenda here. And the agenda is to make you a hero. If we're going to make you a hero, you have to be a, a hero this way. You can cannot go in the way that you want. You cannot throw it in the, the way, in the direction that you want and think that you're going to get hit the target. It's not how it works. I'm going to show you that you have to hit the target and your intention on, on where you're looking will make sure or make you hit it the wrong way or hit it the right way. So there was, there was a time where he said, um, <laughs> he said to him, concentrate, right? And you could tell what he was concentrated on because that's where the arrows went or that's where the um, swords went. He was concentrated on the coach. So when he went to throw his swords, he threw it at the coach and almost knocked little Phil out, <laughs> almost took him out. But unfortunately, he had to learn that concentrating on the right thing, not the not the coach, because the coach is not your target. You need to be focused on where you're hitting. You need to be focused on how you're going to complete this assignment. And so he beats all of the obstacles he ends up making a way and he ends up being able to do what they thought he wasn't going to be able to do well i shouldn't say that they didn't think because i believe the whole reason that uh phil was trusted with hercules and the whole reason that zeus recommended phil in the first place was because if nobody believed in Phil's ability to train him, as well as in Hercules' desire to get it done, it was the father. And so sometimes the father recommends us going through certain processes. He recommends us um, engaging with certain people who are our trainers and we don't necessarily know it. Um, But he request that we do it because he knows that they'll be able to give you the help with the skill but he knows that you have to have the desire and so he knows that in you there is a dynamite strength and he knows that you have a desire to belong you have a desire to do whatever you have to do to get to the place of purpose and so if those two things meet it creates something amazing and hero-like like the hero version of Hercules. So he comes to this place where he is exactly what he was always supposed to be, right? And he is knocking, he knocked the biggest challenge out the box. And Hercules, even though he rises in his training, he doesn't necessarily rise in wisdom because He starts telling Phil that he believes he's ready to leave the island. He's done with the place of training. He can go out and just let's let's take down the whole world. And I think sometimes it's the enthusiasm of the student to try to tell the teacher when they are ready. It is the enthusiast 
system, um, enthusiasm, and even the um, excitement of knowing that you have a new capability that you just want to show it off. But unfortunately, Phil is like, oh, no, 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 no. This training space was created to train you. I don't think you're ready for the real world yet because that's not created for your benefit. This space that I created was beneficial to you because it was made that way. It was made to show off your tenacity and to help you. But the space out there is not necessarily looking forward to you becoming a hero. I don't think you're ready yet. But because he was able to be uh, talked into um, a small challenge, he flies him to um, take and, and tries to take him technically to one city and ends up stopping on the way to going to this one city that is full of trouble. But he stops and he sees Meg. And Meg is our leading lady, of course, of this movie. And she is caught up in a disagreement, um, being thrown around by this big, ugly creature. Um, And the creature is just really just being very horrible. And so he sees a damsel in distress, which is an opportunity for him to be a hero. And he's so gung-ho about becoming a hero, he does not again mature and use wisdom. So he just runs in there and he acts like he's just going to put this man out his home. Like he was just going to knock him out. He was going like just win this battle off the strength of him being Zeus's son. And that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. We don't get to win a battle just because we're God's child. I mean, it helps, okay? (laughs) It's a good thing. It's a great thing. However, you have to be trained into victory. You have to be trained. Remember, Hercules has spent most of his life living as a human. And so he had to be trained out of those uh, human-like practices, right? He needed to be trained to think like a god because that was technically the very much or the the intention that, um, that was placed on his life. The intention when he was created was that he would be a god. And even though somebody stole his full god-like deity and he had to live and succumb to human behavior, it did not mean that he was, if he was going to be a hero anyway, that he needed to consistently be a human hero. No, he had to forsake one for the other. And he hadn't gotten that point yet. So what happened was he goes into um, this confrontation with this little minotaur looking thing and he is all guts, meaning like he just standing on the strength of what they have already told him he was going to be. He doesn't necessarily believe it because his walk lets the Minotaur know he's a uh, rookie. Even Meg knows he's a rookie. Because of the way he approached them, he's like, you ain't even ready to fight. Like, what you mean? I know you're not ready to fight. I know you didn't come here to fight. You can-. and, and he was like, I'm here. You're damsel in distress. Don't, don't you need help? And Meg was to the point where she was like, let's be clear. I am a damsel and I am in distress, but I don't trust you to handle this. I trust me (laughs) and I'm in a sticky situation. I would rather struggle my way out of this than trust you who walked in here like you had it all together. And we both know you don't. We both don't. And so um, what I want us to take from that is that we sometimes think that we have to become something 
or pretend like we are something. Like the way he was talking, it was just the whole thing. It was like, what are you doing? That is not what a hero is. What? You, I don't even know why you're talking in that tone. Like, stop it. Why are you being this way? This is not you. If you would stop being that, you could possibly get to you. And when you get to you, then you could find a hero. The same goes for us. If we would stop trying to be what we think a Christian is supposed to be, if we would stop trying to be what we think a purpose person is supposed to be, if we would stop trying to be what we think our purpose calls for us to be and just be ourselves and be what we have been trained to be, once we become what the training has taught us to be, then we can see victory. Then we can be trusted with handling the first battle. But of course he did a whole bunch of talking and he got knocked out almost like completely um i mean not so hard that he flew and that he lost his weapon and and picked up a fish it was a whole thing and so (laughs) and so um he had to realize that even though he again was promised victory and he came through on the victory in the last minute right he ended up uh doing what he needed to do to overcome the enemy he didn't necessarily use all of the tools that he had when he was in training with Phil. And Phil was trying to help him through it, but it's only so much you can do to train somebody while they're in the midst of the fight. That's the whole reason for the season of training, so that when you get to the fight, I only gotta throw out certain things. It's like a boxing match. If you think about it in that form, when when a, uh, when a boxer goes into the, the ring, his opponent is trying to knock him out as well as he has a similar goal to knock his opponent out. And so they don't have time. The coach doesn't have time to do a whole bunch. Now he is telling him from the vantage point of what he sees, how he can better suit himself or help himself fight better. But there's only so much that he can do in that moment. That's why the moments of training are important. That's why the moments of being solitude and working working with all the equipment is important so that you're not just beating in air and running randomly beating but when you go to the fight you know what you're supposed to do with the weapons that you have and you're confident because you've been trained to be you've been trained to be the hero you show up like the hero you think like the hero you talk like the hero you walk like the hero why because it was inclusive of your training right so he shows up manages to win And I think some of us managed to win some of our victories. (laughs) We didn't necessarily intend to win, but we were just like, you know, I'm just believing everything's going to go well. And it did. Right. So that's and that sometimes can give us false confidence where we can see a victory in one place that we did not work for that God gave us. As a part and a conduit of his grace, he was very kind to us and allowed us to overcome. And we automatically put on the big, you know, big cape because we are the best that has ever done it. And we are the only ones that will ever do it. And it's all about us and our thoughts and our agenda, even though you technically won this by accident. (laughs) You didn't intend to win. It just happened. You were you were given favor. You walked into and stumbled into favor. And so when he wins the battle, he realizes that while he's excited, Phil is not happy. And why is Phil not happy? He's like, well, I won. Like, what? what's the problem? I won. Why aren't you happy? Because obviously the training worked. And, and Phil's like, no, it's not about the fact that you won. 
It's about the fact that you didn't even use the tools I gave you on the island. You you only you knew them because when I when I challenged you about where your weapon was, you were able to spit the rhetoric, but you weren't able to stay alert in the moment to not lose the sword in the first place. And so we have to sometimes not try to just manage to win. We have to intend to win the fight. And not only the fight for now, but the fight for our future. There is a purpose and a plan for us that is in the future. The fates, or not the fate, the Holy Spirit for us, but the fates in the story had already predicted his victory. He just had to be trained to get into there because you don't end up in victory by accident. Not in not in those kind of victories, not in the end kind of victories. The end time kind of victories are ones that you intended to win. Those kind of victories are ones that you set purpose behind, the ones that you showed up for, the ones that you were like, I am going to win and I'm going to use everything that I know, every tool I got every weapon I have and I'm going to wield it because I've been trained to use it well well Phil tells him it's not about that and he knows because he also knows the kind of enemy that's going to be in this next town the next town is full of turmoil and it's got so many different catastrophes they've been through so much and he knows that he's not going to be able to be just assumed to be a hero but that he's going to have to prove himself he knows phil knows that hercules is going to have to prove himself and that the enemy is not going to be so forgiving in this next town and just like uh, phil knows god also knows knows and the trainers that he set up whether they be pastors whether they be coaches whether they be uh, different people that have come to break us out of those habits that would hinder us from victory what they know is that the next place that we're going is not going to be so merciful the next place that we're going is not going to give us so much grace and we have to use the tools or we end up finding ourselves unsuccessful so Hades has decided to set up a multi-dimensional trap for Hercules. The first trap is the kids. He's saving the kids. And in the midst of saving the kids, he doesn't realize that he had to save them from something. <laughs> and then the monster shows up that he was saving them from. And he cuts the head off it and he thinks he's one. And then all of a sudden, the head grows back in three different forms. And then after... It didn't work the first time. He tries it again, and that means there's like six now. And then he tries it again, and then there's like, and he looks up, and there's so many heads, and there's so many different little, like, it was so much. Because he was trying to win with what he thought was going to win and trying to, if I cut his head off, it's going to die. Well, that didn't work the first time. Why would you try it 67 more times? And I think sometimes we, we choose to we uh we choose to delay our victories because of how we choose to wield our weapons and phil yells at him stop with the head thing it's not working because remember i told you from the vantage point of the teacher they see where you're messing up they see the part where you didn't get to the answer and they saw where you messed up and how you didn't get to the answer they said okay listen two plus five is not 16 i don't know how you got there but i need you to go back to the top and i need you to, even if you got to use your fingers i need you to count because i don't know how you got 16 but that is off in all kinds of ways um, but they can see it by the way that you do your work. They can see it. They can see it. They have vision. They have perspective. And they know how you need to win. And unbeknownst to Hercules and unbeknownst to everybody in the town, 
Hercules is actually more of a hero or more strong than he even knows that he is. He knows that he's strong, but he doesn't know that he's strong enough to endure this attack, right? And in the attack, of course, Meg was a distraction. Uh, the kids who were Panic and Pain, they show up again in different forms, just like Panic and Pain show up in different forms in our life. Um, and, and even the enemy sends familiar distractions to kind of wield us or pull us into trouble and to try to trap us. But every time he sets up a trap, he has to come to know that because we always are in Christ Jesus, we're always going to triumph. Jesus has promised us victory. And so as long as we stay in him, we stay in a place of victory. When we forsake the place that God has placed us in, when we forsake being in Christ, then we have to struggle with victory. But as far as, as long as we are in Christ, following his example, his rules, following his way, doing things his way, doing the ways things the way we have been trained to do them. When we follow those instructions, we have no choice but to be victorious victorious right and every trap is dismantled and it it just it just messes little Hades up because he knew that he was going to be able to annihilate Hercules and he didn't because no weapon formed against him was able to prosper just like no weapon formed against us is able to prosper as well so he faces the three situations the coach coaches him through and eventually they see victory and now um after that We see Hercules become famous. What he's always wanted, right? To be accepted. Um, But I don't know that he's actually accepted. Because he had to do all of this work. He had to um, fight all of these fights. These meaningless fights. Well, technically, they were set up by Hades. Every one of these was set up by Hades as a chess move move to knock Hercules off the board. I don't know why he didn't understand he wasn't going to be able to knock Hercules off, but it's just like the enemy. The, just like the enemy of our souls, just like our adversary does not calculate or compute that he's not going to be able to overtake us or take us out. And instead, he plans trap after trap after trap, setup after setup, sends uh, these horrible dreams. He sends whatever uh, meanings or whatever means necessary, whatever he has to do to take you out of your place, um, he tries to do it. And he has never, ever been more unsuccessful. Here's the fun part, though. The more that Haiti sends trouble... Hercules way and he defeats it every time Hercules defeat Hercules defeats it his resume is boosted his hero credit goes up and the song begins to be he's went from zero to hero just like that in no time flat he literally uh, goes from being a nobody to being everybody somebody he goes to being a, a, a a part of a franchise where he's on shoes and he's got drinks and he's got all of these great things and he's on every vase or vase. (laughs) And he's, you know, he's just a popular being. And in that moment of realizing that he's popular and he goes to tell his father, Zeus, all about all of the exploits that he's done, all of the things that he's been doing. He tells him the story and he's so excited to tell him about the things he's overcome. And after he's done, he's like, so when do I get to come live with you? Because of course, fame apparently to him is the equivalent of hero. But to Zeus, he knows better. Zeus is like, I don't care how many people know you. 
it's not what guarantees that doesn't guarantee that you're a hero i don't even know um if you know it but it doesn't even matter how many battles you've won that doesn't mean you're a hero if whatever you do is successful but it doesn't change you you don't necessarily ever arrive at success if who you are as a person is not affected by what the successes that you encounter or if if the work that you do does not change you first, then you never really arrive to being the true hero. Because it wasn't just being a hero. See, a hero gets praised, but a true hero was what he was asking him to become. Something that was able to be praised for his inner work as well as his outer work. And so we see that, you know, of course, at this point, Hercules is upset because. His father tells him, you've done good, but it's still not enough. And he's starting to get discouraged, like, well, if that's not enough, if the fame isn't enough, if people know my name isn't enough, if me being strong, if me being handsome, if them swooning over me, if all of these things is not enough, then what will ever be enough? And unfortunately, some of us on this, you know, listening to this podcast, and even me who was speaking this podcast, have thought... Well, if this isn't it, then what is? If if this isn't for me, then am I ever gonna get anything? If 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 I haven't done by now what it takes to be considered approved, will I ever be approved? And the truth of the matter is, you will. It's just that the father's view of things is so far different than our view of things. His thoughts are way different than our thoughts. And his ways are way higher than our ways. And so there are times where our our amazing is his like, eh, okay, you did something. I see what you did, but it wasn't what I was looking for. It wasn't what I was after. It's still not enough. And we have to be encouraged and we have to encourage ourselves to follow the plan and become what the father said, not becoming what the crowd wants me to become. Because once I become what they want me to become, I fall into the trap of falling back under rejection, right? So after he sees all of these women, you know, chasing him, he's he's frustrated with the responsibility of being a hero. Um, he decides to get away with Meg because she came to the temple to find him. Um, To trap him, really, because she was a part of Hades' plan all this time. This whole time, we didn't really know what her story was, but Meg sold her soul to the devil. And she sold it because she wanted to see someone else free. And she freed them and ended up trapping herself, like many of us do. Many of us have chosen to help other people and push other people forward while trapping ourselves in the process. And so she is now a part of his plan indefinitely. Um, she is always the the toy or always the, the little tool that is sent in. And so um, he finds, you know, she's now used um, in this place to pull out what Hercules' weakness is. It's almost the same as Samson where Delilah came and was just trying to antagonize him to try to find out where the secret of his strength lies. And after a while, you know, after wearing him down, she was able to get the secret. Well, in this case, in this story, 
there is no secret. <laughs> there is no weakness for him. The only weakness is the one that's sitting in front of him. Because once they start to engage with each other and once they started talking about uh, different things, he got feelings, she caught feelings, and all of a sudden they were about to kiss. And we were like, okay. <laughs> we saw the chemistry kind of forming. And then when we see them about to kiss, it's really interrupted because he has been found out by Phil, his teacher. Who is not happy, by the way. You would probably say he was being a hater, but he really was trying to look out for Hercules. He knows, Phil knows, that Hercules can't just abandon being a hero and the responsibilities of being a hero when he wants to. Just like our trainers know that we can't just give up and decide not to show up one day for purpose just because we don't feel like it anymore. Um, And we can't go gallivanting off just because we aren't getting what we want. (laughs) We have to choose. Yeah, we have to choose to be very, very, very responsible. And if we want the fame, we also want the responsibility that that comes with it. Um, On top of that, uh, he is in Google Island, so he's not paying to, you know, attention to anything that Phil is saying. But Phil gets knocked off the horse by accident because of, you know, a branch, right? So he gets knocked off the the um, thing, and he sees a conversation between Meg and Hades. He realizes that Meg has been a tool tool this whole time. She's been manipulating Hercules to find out information to take back to Hades. And he is upset because he needs to get to Hercules and tell him the truth. Um, And in that moment, oh, before that moment, we find out that Meg actually has the love bug. She's been bitten. And she does what most of us do. Uh, When you've been hurt before, when you have experienced bad things in relationships, you choose to forsake something good because you're afraid it will resemble something that you had before it. When technically Hercules was the love of her life and she almost talked herself out of that beautiful place of being with him because she was too afraid to admit I actually am feeling something again. I actually, I said this was never going to happen again. I promised this wouldn't happen. But there are always people that see the truth. And the muses show up as musical comedy, right? But they show up to tell her, who do you think you can? And we see the truth. We all know, even the people at home that are watching this movie know, okay, that you are stuck, that you are in love with Hercules and it's okay. Just admit it. Now she comes to the place where she won't say it out loud, but she comes to a resolve that she is in love with Hercules and she no longer wants to be a tool to for his demise. And she is convinced that Wonder Boy, as she calls him, has no weaknesses. Hades sees the look on her face and realizes that she is the weakness. And so he is going to set this up so that he'll make a choice for his weakness. Now, Phil, being the great teacher that he is, runs back to try to warn Hercules that the one he's so in love with, because he's going off at this point, he's just so in love and she's everything I wanted and needed in life and it's just so amazing and his trainer's like, whoa, 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 whoa I found out some information on her she's not what you think she is, she's a fraud she's trying to play you, she's duping you and he does not want to believe it 
he does not believe it at all. He thinks that, you know, Phil's just saying that because he doesn't like her. Phil's just saying that because he doesn't want her to have anybody. And many of, many of the times, many times, we say the same thing. Many times we are told um, wisdom and we don't receive it because we don't necessarily believe that something that could be good to us or makes us feel good may not always have the best intentions. And Phil is upset because he now sees him as a dummy. <laughs> While you may have become uh, a great hero to other people, to me, you're an idiot because you're walking yourself into another trap. So um, as Phil leaves him and leaves him to his own devices because he won't listen to him, um, what comes up is Hades. Hades shows up with his proposition. And his proposition is that Meg belongs to him, right? And that um, in order to free Meg from the prison that she's in, all he has to do, all Hercules has to do is give up his strength for one day. Just one day. Just, doesn't have to be long, just one day. And because Hercules is so in love, he decides to free Meg, not knowing that Meg was a part of the plan the whole time. She was a part of um, the plot to set him up in previous times, even though she had wanted to quit by now. Um, so now he feels stupid because not only did he give up his his strength, but he gave it up. He gave his strength up for someone who technically wasn't uh, didn't always do the things that made her worthy of it. Because at this point, she was trying to be better, so she was in a better space. But before then, she wasn't worthy of giving up his strength. Right. So I want us to take that as well. Are the people that we are engaging with worthy of us releasing our strength or sacrificing our strength? Absolutely not. Especially if the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody, is more important than your strength. Absolutely not. You cannot give away that God-given thing about you so that you can save someone else. It's not how this works. That's not how life works. You should be able to come together and not have to give up, um, not give up your strengths. No, you should be have, have to give up those things that make you you. But now I can understand if you're giving up something or compromising something for the betterment of a relationship and it doesn't compromise you being you. But when it compromises you being you, it's not worth it. And so what ends up happening is because Hercules is upset, he lost his strength, um, but he cannot back down because he's still a hero and he has the hero's heart that is being formed. He cares about the people. So he goes into the town to fight the Cyclops, right? Um, As well as you know, to take care of what he needs to take care of. And all the while, Hades has now unleashed the Titans to cause wreck and to cause destruction. And they're taking over Mount Olympus. They're taking over the place of Zeus's rule. And it's because we gave up the strength to keep them bound. So if we had never given up our strength, or if, if Hercules had never given up his strength, there would be no um, Hades. Hades wouldn't have been able to unleash the Titans because technically, if he fights, he wins. And so that would not have annihilated or taken out him. So he would have automatically been gifted victory. Um, what happens for us is we see that um, the deal is broken because 
he promised, Hades promised that Meg would not get hurt. And she did get hurt trying to save Hercules. And once she, you know, was hurt, his strength came back because the deal had been broken. The curse had been broken. And that is a good one. So there are some times where we don't necessarily know that love shows up and and shows up full force when love shows up for real and sacrifices for us it gives us strength back yeah it returns to us the strength we lost in previous sacrifices and so when it when love shows up for real we regain our strength and we're able to do what we're supposed to do so he ends up getting the victory right but he ends up losing meg in the process because meg is hurt um, her fate is that she had to die, right? And she goes and and she goes and dies without ever being free. So she's now with Hades in the underworld. And because Hercules loves her so, he will do anything to make sure she's well. And so he says, "Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make another deal with you. I wanna I wanna go and trade myself." In the same way that we exchanged. But I can exchange myself in this place. Because it's love now. It's not. It's not. You know. Not one sided love. This is a reciprocated love. She gave her life for me. I'm going to give mine for her. If you take me. And let her go. Everything will be fine. Hades agrees to the plan. And. He says. Well you'll die before you get to her. I hope that's not a problem. But okay. You know. Let's go. And Hercules jumps in this water and we see him age as he's swimming to get to her. But what the fates don't know and what they haven't been able to yet determine is that although they had a plan to end him as he jumped in the river, his uh, act of selflessness, changing his heart to be the heart of a hero, changed his status. There are some times in our life where there are some things that we do. um, There are some things that we um, have sacrificed for. And it's it's a real sacrifice this time. It's a reciprocated sacrifice. It was a good choice to do this, right? And it changes the heart inside of us, which solidifies that we are no longer just going on the form of human lust. But we have ascended to human uh, to out of human lust into godlike love, un- into unconditional love, which is what he was expressing when he jumped in the river of lost souls. He was jumping in to show that it doesn't matter what I have to do. I love Meg unconditionally. I know I should probably let her just float around and deal with the payment, but I cannot do it. And I thank God that. Jesus died for the same purpose. His purpose was to jump in to that death place, that place of death, so that we wouldn't have to experience the sting of it. So we would be free and be able to be returned to life just as Meg was returned to life. Um, and, And it takes a sacrifice to determine who's God and who's not. So in Jesus's instance, or in the instance of when we're talking about Jesus, Jesus gave his life and was resurrected to prove that he couldn't be killed because he laid his life down. That's what the Bible tells us, that no man could take his life. 
that he laid it down willingly. And if he laid it down, that he would pick it up again. Just in the same way that Hercules decided to lay down his life for Meg. And once the fates tried to cut his string with the scissors, they quickly realized that he was not a regular human being, but that he had graduated and become godlike. And he had become not only godlike, but he was who he was always supposed to be, a god. And I want us to be the sons of God. Yeah. And in the Bible, it talks about us being God's little OG. Uh, little G-O-D, meaning we're not um, just functioning in this human space as a human uh, with limitations. But if we could just get our mind to agree with what God has already caused our character, um, what he's already called our purpose, what, what God has said about us, what we will become, we can see us do the impossible things that are only selected or only given to those with God-like strength, only given to those who have become the mirrored image of God, who have become the walking, breathing word of God, who are no longer trying to be um, just a Christian. But when we start to really sit in the authority that God's intended, uh, he intended to give us in the beginning, then we get to see life on a whole nother level. And he, because he's a god at this point, Hercules is able to go to Mount Olympus and live with the other gods. But because Meg is not, she's not able to go. So he's uh, he's got the place where he technically belongs. But he realizes really that he can't belong there if Meg isn't there. See, the place that he was willing to be accepted or he wanted to be accepted in was accepted by the love. He wanted to be accepted by love. He wanted the the heart of Meg at this point. It wasn't enough to be in an existence without Meg. He wanted his cake and eat it too, basically. He wanted to be able to have the godlike strength, but he also wanted to be able to be with Meg. And because it was, you know, his father's like Zeus, you know, and he is a god, he made it happen where uh, Hercules was able to exist with his woman, the woman that he wanted, the woman that he loved, because a life without her was not good enough for him. And I want us to experience or express that as well. I want that to be our sentiment, that we want both love and purpose, that we want both unconditional love, because that's the caveat. We want both the unconditional love and the beautiful God-like purpose that God has laid out for us. Can we be honest? We sometimes feel like we have to uh, pick between the two. We either have to be um, super famous and successful, or we have to be God-like and God-driven. But I think there's a place where both meet. I think there's a place where we can be both successful and saved. I believe there's a place where we can both be um, loved and be in purpose, right? So we can be loved and, and completely loved but on earth, but we can also find purpose on earth. We don't have to choose one or the other because there have been some talks about, you know, especially, <laughs> especially in this day and age where 
Um, we just watched the Brandy versus Monica um, versus, and one thing that Brandy said that I kind of don't agree with, um, she said, you know, I can get a lot of things accomplished because I don't have anybody. Well, that's a perspective because who's to say if you get the right somebody, they won't be able to add to what you already have and help you to accomplish all the things that you need to accomplish. But it's when you get the right somebody. It's when you get the person that fits the purpose. It's when you get the person that can coexist with you. And when you can coexist with them in the space of not only love and unconditional love, but you can be who you wanted to be, who you've always desired to be. It's a great place to be. It's a great thing to choose. And while if that's your thing, that's your thing. If you don't want it, don't want, you know, don't desire it. It's fine. That's you, fam. You know, live your best life. But I'm just saying there are options. Don't, don't, don't settle for just having one when you can have both. (laughs) Don't settle for just being good when you can have it great. Don't settle for just having um, a Christian experience when you can have an elevated, um, a super, like you can have a supernatural experience here on earth. Why would you exist in this world without seeing the fullness of what God planned for you? Why would you exist in this world and not challenge yourself to see all that God has said? But you only are able to get there if you are willing to go the distance. child that was a lot okay took all my strength up out of me okay i need to be refueled because this is tired okay (laughs) but i'm glad that you went on this journey with me and we found so many faith gems today i hope that you are able to be encouraged to live your very best life now let's talk about this lovely little community that we've created together um i wanted to make sure that First, if you've never seen our pages, please look up Kid Like Faith. We spell faith with F, the number eight, T-H, on Instagram as well as Facebook. Both of our pages um, have all of the things. They have all of the clips from, you know, uh, the shows that we do. It has little pictures so you can see what's coming up, what's the next story. And you know what? I think I want to include you guys a little bit more in this journey. So, Feedback Friday has been cool and, and, you know, I've been able to see some of your responses, which is so awesome. And I thank you so much. But I want to add another element to Feedback Friday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to post two movies um, and I'm going to have you guys choose the next movie. I believe that the majority will be able for us to see which road we're going to go down and we're going to take the journey together. And I want to see what which one of these two movies you guys are going to pick. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Just look for the post. Um, also, if you have an idea for a movie or if you just want to send a word of encouragement, um, please, please, please send me an email at kidlikefaith. Remember, spell it F number eight, T-H at gmail.com. Um, and I'll be happy to hear from you. And I try to respond as well. Um, and on top of that, make sure you watch out for that post because I'm going to be looking for these responses because I'm going to see which movie we're going to do next. Now, since I don't have any tidbits to give you, 
because I can't give you my secret of which one of the movies. I will say this to you. Thank you all for joining me on these journeys. We have eight episodes to go left. I am super ecstatic because these next eight films are going to be power packed. It's going to be filled with revelation and it's going to be so much fun. And I hope you join me for the next eight and that'll be the end of season one. But don't worry, this is far from over. We've got so much more to do. So until I see you on my post on Feedback Friday, make sure you keep your faith kid-like. Bye.